You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, pod people. And welcome back to Classic Ads from Simpler Times. This week, we're back in 1999 again, but Tony doesn't even have a chance to say hello, let alone make reference to Rod Hull falling off his roof with his hand up an emu's arse. This is because we've been working on the show for half an hour before I remembered to hit the record button. No excuses, just more of the absolute rank amateurism that you're coming to expect and love from this podcast. So, moving on. I'm still Steve Cook, at least I can remember that, and together with my co-host, award-winning advertising creative and TV ad director Tony Williams, we're going to be taking a look at an ad for Sony PlayStation that made it okay to have a job that you hated, just as long as you could spend entire weekends on the sofa in your bedsit, jacked up on Red Bull, eating Doritos, and wearing nothing but your underpants and an Acid House t-shirt that you bought in Ibiza four years ago. All right, talking about movies, this is um, this ad that we're going to look at. This, this, uh, this is an art house movie, isn't it? Um, I, I think it was very art house at the time. It's probably less so these days, but uh, yeah, when it was um, when it was launched and when it was it was new, it was very very different. So the year's nineteen ninety nine. The client is Sony, and the brand is the PlayStation. This is a sixty second ad known as the Double Life ad. Creative director was Trevor Beattie. Copywriter was James Sinclair. And the art director was Ed Morris. And it was directed by Frank Budgen. Now, he's a, he's a very well-known director, I think. Obviously, I can't list anything he's done at the moment, but a very well-known name. Funny enough, I can. Oh, there you go. So, before he worked as a director, Frank Budgen was an agency creative, and he famous, famously caught, was the copywriter on the Guardian newspaper Telead, Points of View, do you remember this? About the punk chasing the copper? Skinhead. It was skinhead. a skinhead. I think there were, there were a couple of versions. The, and it, the original version was a skinhead shot from three different points of view. And, and it, it pauses, doesn't it? And it says, it, what, it what does, would you do next? Exactly. Or what, what would you see yeah, next? Yeah. And then the ad shows the skinhead pushing an elderly man off the pavement. That's right. And it looks as though he's assaulting him. Yeah. But then you change, view, isn't it? you change to a different point of view. Yeah. And there's a pallet of bricks on a crane above his head at 
that falls just after he's pushed him off the pavement. Which worked very well in print as well, mm. funny enough. I think it was like a fold-out or something like that. But the policeman one is the famous one. Well, that's anyway. a media extension. That's why the policeman turns around now and batters the shit out of him with a stick. <laughs> Frank, Frank, Frank Budgen was the creative on that ad. Frank went on to direct the Sony PlayStation Mountain ad. Mm. Mountain O People. So get on board. Gospel trainers are coming, I hear it just at hand. I hear the car wheels moving and a rumbling through the land. Oh, get on board. Get on board. Get on board. 500 extras and 50 stuntmen to shoot that ad. Well, that's weird because it was shot in South Africa. I, sorry, South America. I heard they only had one. Hello, is this on? He did the Nike tag ad, which I had never seen before, which was shot to look as though it was shot in New York. And it's a guy in a pair of Nikes and somebody come. You remember the game of tag you used to play at school? Uh, yeah. Yep. So imagine playing that in an entire city. Yeah. Shot with a huge budget. It's a 60 second ad, which has a very simple premise, but it's, so, it's shot so well. Mm. It's completely engrossing. He also did a very powerful award winning ad for the NSPCC, which inserted a cartoon of a child, so an animated child into, what that, into live footage. Don't know. Talk about a powerful ad. I watched it again yesterday and ended up with goosebumps. Advertising Folklore says that the creative team came up with this ad the night before the presentation mm-hmm. and didn't have any visuals for the client. They recited the script as if it were a poem. Mm-hmm. Would you mind reading the script? I can read it. Who, who should I be? You have a very good reading voice. There's a script. Just read it out for our listener. Any background emotive music? Um, Okay. For years, I've lived a double life. In the day, I do my job. I ride the bus. Roll up my sleeves with a hoi polloi. But at night, I live a life of exhilaration, of missed heartbeats and adrenaline. And, if the truth be known, a life of dubious virtue. I won't deny I've been engaged in violence, even indulged in it. I've maimed and killed adversaries, and not merely in self-defence. I've exhibited disregard for life, limb and property, and savoured every moment. You may not think it to look at me, but I have commanded armies and conquered worlds. And though in achieving these things, I have set morality aside, I have no regrets, but though I've led a double life, at least I can say, I have lived. It's um, it, it's interesting, yeah. I mean, I can... I can Believe it or solves the poem. What is difficult is to read it and not hear the different voices. Because I think for me, that's what makes it amazing. It would be very pretentious if it was read by some wanker like me, I think. Here's the actual ad. There's a YouTube link in the pod notes. Or just type PlayStation Double Life into your nearest browser. For years, I've lived a double life. In the day I do my job, I ride the bus, roll up my sleeves with the hoi polloi. But at night, I live a life of exhilaration. Of missed heartbeats and adrenaline. And, if the truth be known, a life of dubious virtue. I won't deny I've been engaged in violence, even indulged in it. I have assailed adversaries, and not merely in self defence. I've exhibited disregard for life, limb, and property, and savoured every moment. 
you may not think it to look at me. But I have commanded armies and conquered worlds. And though in achieving these things, I have set morality aside. I have no regrets. For though I've led a double life, at least I can say I've lived. I would put money on the original storyboard or the original idea having, um, you know, a kid at school, a um, some friends in the park, you know, with football, they stop playing, look at camera, um, a girl with a boyfriend walking down the street. That's what I would say the ad was sold as. And I think it's been directed and, and put in so well. You can see a lot of the director's influence and input, I think, on some of these um, these little sort of portraits, I guess. Um, and that's the great thing about making an ad like this is because it's they're just modular blocks, you know. They probably shot another 15 different people. The transvestite, I, I think it is, who says a line, um, which I would guarantee probably wasn't in the original script or storyboard, but someone, you know, the finest characters, when you're auditioning and you find these people, you, these other people turn up. Um, there's one I really like. Um, it's the guy, I don't know why I think he looks like a native Indian, but he's the guy with grey hair. Um, I thought that was Ronnie Biggs. I actually had to check it. I would, I would have at one stage put money on it. But yeah, but, well, yeah, but I just like the way his line is so... You can tell he's not an actor, mm. and it's said without the the pretense and the found sort of attitude that rests are, which I, I love. I think it's all already good, but even the ones where, you know, it shows um, the kid in his bedroom with his shirt off, saying it in such a, um, you know, profound, poetic way. Why don't we take a step back and do what we normally do? And for the joy of the listener, can you take us on a little ramble through the ad because we're making assumptions about okay. whether or not people have so, actually seen this ad. But for, those, um, if you, for those listening in black and white. The first shot is black and white. Um, for all those lines, um, yeah, the, the, the script just read, each line is delivered by different people. Young, older, gangsters, dads, teenagers, skaters, everywhere that I guess, you know, the PlayStation audience would be and who are. There's a guy on the sofa with rubbish all around him. Um, again, there's uh, someone in the subway, a little kid with the biggest eyes I've ever seen. There's a courier, um, a guy in a wheelchair, an old man as a pregnant woman with a baby in the underground. It, it's just, it's basically, I think it's showing um, a whole cross section of society, the, the light, the dark, as are the images, um, delivering these lines. And it basically tells you that you can live another life, a different life a double life to what you're living now and enjoy it. And I like the uh, the sinister tone it's all, all delivered in. Were you a PlayStation user at the time this ad came out? I was a PlayStation user. At the time the ad came out, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, all the ads for, for game, uh, what, do you, what do you call them, gaming machines? For all the, um, Cons- the game stations. Consoles. All the consoles before would have been um, a well-lit living room with Gran in an Aaron sweater, dad with his blow dry, a little girl, a little boy, and mum giggling in the corner going, now you can play tennis with the whole family and enjoy it together. And it would have been really bright and happy, and that's what consoles were. This, uh, I don't know, it wasn't, it wasn't the PS1 or maybe PS2. Um, this, uh, this ad was for the original PlayStation. The original, the PS- this ad ran in 1999. At which stage the PlayStation was four years old. Yeah. They were one year away from PS2. PlayStation 2. So, so it wasn't a launch ad. Um, so nope. obviously everybody realised what it was. And it was, yeah, it was very different to, to anything um, anybody else was doing. Because I guess, you know, the, the nature of the PlayStation was, was more mature. So you had your N64s, which were Mario Kart and, and the kids' fun things. You know, in this, you could play Call of Duty and shoot Germans and, and you know, do all sorts of stuff. So it was, um, it was seen as a more kind of adult 
um, sort of themed. I mean, if you look back at it now, it's um, it is very basic. You know, it's nowhere near the complexity or the or the level of gore or or um, detail that the consoles are now. There are a couple of really interesting things about this ad for me. One is the reason I asked you if you were playing PlayStation is. You're the, you're the target audience. By my calculation, you've been 27 years old when this ad ran, playing PlayStation. I mean, Do you remember I, what you would have played? Would it have been like Tomb Raider? Oh, yeah, Tomb Raider, definitely. That was when I say Call of Duty. I remember sitting on a shoot um, down at the photographers, just playing it nonstop. But before that, I had a Sega Mega Drive where you're playing Sonic. Yep. Before that, the Atari, where it was, uh, it was all the sorts Nintendo of... Nintendo Game Boy was the other... Was the the, the, the Game Boy, you had a handheld stuff. Um, yep. Yeah, you got Street Fighter. Then obviously there's the, the computers came out of the Commodore 64 and, and the ZX Spectrum and the and the Dragon, all that sort of stuff where you were, you were playing these games. But the... The true console of putting the disc in um, the PS One, it was yeah, it was amazing. So there was um, games like I think I don't know the drivers, uh, yeah, the Call of Duty, flying games, driving games, just it was it was like nothing you know nothing seen before. Nintendo and Sega were advertising completely at children mm. at that stage, so there was obviously they're working looking to create ads that generated pester power that kind of thing where you get your kids talking about Nintendos and hopefully they talk about it enough that mom goes and buys one at Christmas. The second, this is not a trick question, I don't know, because you were the target audience, what's missing from the ad? Um, well, you don't see the console, which is fine. You don't see any screenshots, which is also fine. Um, I think probably because Sony themselves don't or didn't make the majority of the titles. They were made by um, other, you know, companies such as Activision or EA or whatever they may be. So... You, know, you get into all sorts of uh, difficulties, I guess. You know, who gets longer screen time? You show the actual game, and also showing the actual game, it wasn't really that fantastic graphically, but the idea of it was because there was no other option. So if you'd shown even the console, why would you show a console when they know by the time this was four years in, they would already had probably the next two designs already made. So you wouldn't want to show a console that was going to be um, that was going to date anything. Um, so Trevor Beatty and his team deliberately didn't put in any visuals of the console, and they didn't talk or show any of the experience of using the console because it was very very difficult to show on screen what was still essentially a low res experience. And you know what comes across in here, it's very much a, a mental experience. Mm. Pressing buttons, anybody can do that, or any of the consoles that wasn't new, but the attitude it was done with. Was different. I think you know. I, I, I may be wrong, but PlayStation was probably one of the first sort of consoles to have games with maybe bad language or, or extra, you know, gore and, and blood in. Because there was that, that real opportunity. That niche. I mean, yeah, the people they show aren't necessarily the, the gamers, but it was it was people and, and your peers that you want to you know be associated with. I think the reason that I asked you whether you were playing PlayStation is that before this ad ran, there was a general feeling that if you weren't a child and you spent a lot of time playing games you were considered to be a kind of age-retarded, bedroom-dwelling weirdo incapable of fitting into adult society. It was almost like a dirty habit. It wasn't ma- as mainstream as it is now. Is, is that, well, it wasn't in the Western world, I guess, but a lot of, you know, Japan, where a lot of this was coming out of, obviously, um, with Sony and, and um, Nintendo, etc. The kind of person that plays these games, you know, the adult that reads what we would call comics, you know, manga, there's a whole sort of city, mm. huge suburb um, for them. It's, it's like a mini city. They're called otaku, which roughly translates into basically nerd. And that was an accepted culture. They were in existence for many, many years before, and they, you know, they were created out of this, right? So the Western world... I don't know. You know what? It's hard because I used to get home from school and switch my um, Sega on. It would be warm because my mum had been playing it. She was a gamer. She had her own Game Boy. And so when she went to bed, she used to play um, yeah Tetris and all that kind of stuff. She, I can imagine uh, the conversation between your mum and dad. 
I have um, upstairs on my desk at right this very second a little box with Frogger. She still have Frogger and Pitfall on the Atari. It's a, it's a replica. It's like a, a, a the old push button arcade style that you plug into your TV, and it's like really crude when you look at it now. But yeah, she used to love Frogger, and so it used to be warm, so I knew she'd be playing. So I've always sort of been around them. But yeah, it's um, it was it was that sort of you know pink woolly sweater, bright sunny days, you know, nice milfy mum, beautiful looking kids. That was what the sort of gaming environment was, you know. Let's play tennis or pong or whatever it was. It wasn't sort of sitting in your bedroom as a teenager going, you know, shoot the bastards. And this was the first ad that really exposed the underbelly of gaming culture, didn't it? It's the, the, I mean, this ad legitimises the idea that it's okay to spend 24 hours playing Call of Duty or Tomb Raider to be ankle deep in crisp packets, pizza boxes, <laughs> and empty Coke tins. Mm. And that there is a, a, what it does is it normalises the idea that you belong to a tribe of people where that's okay. Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. I think it's um, it does exactly it legitimizes exactly what you said. What's interesting, it didn't it didn't create sorry, it didn't expose the underbelly. I think it created it because without this ad running and if different ads had run, then the PS One would have been like any other console. It was just been a game machine which you know, people dragged out and played occasionally. But to tack on this attitude to it made it okay, as opposed to showing what people were really like. It created a tribe, and it said to that tribe that it's okay to put as much effort into your alternate digital life as it is into your analog life. And by the way, it's also okay for you to feel that the life that you have created digitally is much, much better than the shit life that you have. Well, that's it. It's for years I've been doing. I do my job. I ride the bus. On a bus. That's one of the keys, isn't it? So what would it, so by today's standards, this copy would be probably quite tame. So if the ad ran today, what would it, what would it say? See, I don't think that copy is tame by today's standards. I think the the entire category has changed. So the console category to me doesn't really doesn't exist anymore. It's all about the software, the game, rather than about the platform. At the time that this ad was airing, there was a platform war. It was it was yeah. all, it wasn't quite as simple as Betamax versus VHS, but there was a platform war. Nintendo, Sega, mm. PlayStation. And PlayStation went, you know what? What we're going to do is we're going to stop push marketing this. We're going to pull market it. So push marketing, obviously, is when you say, here's a Nintendo. You can buy this at Tesco. Mm. Whereas pull marketing is about creating emotional resonance, about talking. We're back to that thing where you're talking to people with a proposition that reflects their real life. Mm. And the opening two lines... Is it three lines where he talks about going to work on the bus? You you nailed it in the first three lines of the script. I know people, I have worked with people who are very, very smart people who've got children and mortgages and superannuation funds and investments. And all they want to do is go home and play Call of Duty. So... You know what? Even my doctor is a gamer. I've talked to two doctors. They both say, "I'm a gamer. I play this." And they like to tell you what they play. Which is why I don't. Which is why I think this ad is so brilliant. That ad, that script is as valid today as it was when it first aired. That script is not about a console. That script is about you. Yeah, it's an amazing ad. I do think it, it feels dated because we've seen this type of ad so many times now. This could be, you know, for coffee or tampons at the end of the day. You know, I've shown this montage. We all, all made them. I think whilst they were and to very... That, to that point, I did ask you, and I think we 
fluffed around it. The the idea of the shared monologue, which is the technique that Frank mm. Bunchen's used to create this ad, at the time, this was revolutionary. And I, he, I guess so, yeah. He shot this by getting each of the 19 characters to read the entire script. So he didn't go in oh, sure, of course, saying yeah. that you know, yeah, he wanted course. the black guy in the wheelchair yeah. to talk about X. Yeah. Mm. Now... This is the kind of technique that you'll see used routinely for, you know, supermarkets, for anything, shampoo, dog food, anything. What I love about it, it's, it's, you know, not every, each shot isn't perfect. I don't know who the DP was, but, you know, there are some which are very cinematic, um, sort of short lens, big skies, and there are others that, you know, are all crunched up, they're graded differently, and I really like that. Um, it's got my, my, you know, my pet hate of any ad when you're talking to the youth. Is, oh, how are we going to, George, how are we going to make it? Yeah, let's put some skateboards in there. Put skateboards. It's like, fucking hell. Put skateboards and graffiti. It will attract the young. I, I just, I don't know why every ad has to have a skateboard. I mean, not the skate isn't popular, but I think the best shot is the, the key visual they always use is that kid with eye, uh, with pupils like saucers. He's absolutely like, haunting, isn't he, when yeah. you look at him? Yeah. And it's beautiful because it's black and white and it wouldn't have any other yeah. way, you know? It's very good. But I still, so I think what I yeah, keep getting around to is if you had these um, this script today, you'd go, yeah, but it's a scripted ad. You know, today, because I, mean, I don't know if you've seen any of the games they're playing today. You know, at the time, we're talking, you know, war games and they would, you know, shoot something, they're dead, bang, bang. But now, like, you, you play the, the sniper game and you follow the bullet and it goes into the body and it suddenly goes invos- invisible and you know, like, hit them in the scrotum, which explodes out the back. Very, very graphic. And you can turn a lot of the gore off. So I think I live a life of dubious virtue, wouldn't it? I reckon it'd be I spend time on the internet, I look at porn. It doesn't entertain me like this. I want to see bodies. I want to dismember them. You know what I mean? It would have yeah. to be. It would have to be, um, you know, I don't want to see people fuck. I want to get fucked up. It would be more edgy like that. It has to be to keep up with the content. When I looked at it, I immediately thought about train spotting. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's oh, a, yeah. There's a feel. There's a kind of vibe. Yeah. There's a vibe. Danny Boyle kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, that it was, you know... Of the um, of the era, wasn't it? There's not many brands where you'd be able to do something like that. You know, when we joke about it being for carefree or, or head and shoulders, but obviously it wouldn't be appropriate for, band, for a brand. So they're very lucky. So this is great. Love it. I think it's very, very good. There was an idea that it was a very lonely existence being a gamer. It's it's true that, you know, like where they show the guy surrounded by, you know, his filth and squalor on a sofa. That's very brave to do that. Yeah. Like who would want to be associated with, you know, that as a brand? But I think, you And know, then for an ad to, an ad, an ad to explicitly and come out to, and say, don't worry about it. There's yeah. a whole community. I'd be proud of it. There's a whole community of us out there. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter about the color of your skin. It doesn't matter about your gender. There is a community. It's cool. You're part of it. Be proud of it. Very amazing. Well. It's an amazing and A long time ago as well. 20 we, years of play. Um, let's get in the weeds then. Branding. Branding, oh, well, that was, that's that got to be up there because it was easy to stand out because it you know, was never going to get confused with anything, was it? So do not underestimate the power of PlayStation. Yes. Oh, PlayStation, sorry, not the PlayStation. Yes. That's why I sound like my dad. Are you playing on the PlayStation? I so wanted that to still be the line and it's not. Um yeah, because, you know, you get some twat going, well, actually, it uses the 4K processor, so you can actually underestimate it. But I think that little PlayStation logo, um, my son bought a T-shirt from um, EB Games the other day. It's huge. It's like the size of a, a Hawaiian wrestler. It's huge. And it's just got a little PlayStation logo on it So because it's retro cool, you know? So, yeah, you can still go and buy them at the road in the retro store, PlayStation 1s, PS1s. I think branding, what are you scoring out of again? 10? Out of 5. 5. That's- <laughs> First 10 episodes at the hardest times. It's got to, um, well, I don't know, especially if you record them. Um, five. <laughs> I think it's going to be, um, I think it's going to be a five for branding. I think anyone you showed that ad to and said, what's it for? They're not going to say, oh, I don't know. Get no quibbles from me on that. Five is alive. Casting. 
Oh, well, you know, as I always say, it was of the day. Casting is good and it shouldn't really get in the way. You know, when you look at it, we shouldn't say, oh, that guy's this and this guy's that. You should look at it and take what it is. I think some of them feel too obvious. So white, we had white people, black people, Eastern European people, people in drag, people at school, pregnant people, older people, ravers, squatters, Jack the Lad. Yeah. So casting is good. Uh, I, it's a, it's a, a 4.4 for me. Even though there are some amazing talent in there, it does feel a little bit casted or casted. Wow. I think that is so harsh. No, it's not really. I just I said it's, there's some amazing people in there, but it does feel a little bit casted. And it's also hard. You've seen the ad a million times over the years. Yeah, yeah. Talk to me about the craft then. Team would have spent a long time trying to you know, balance the grade of the guy outside with you know the girl, just to make it look sort of, you know. But it's to look at it, you think these are all shot by different people, different days, different cameras, different scenarios, because the way they are lit and, and composed fit the attitude as well. But I don't think it's that random. Obviously, they've spent a lot of time to make it look that random, which is good. I mean, again, the craft at the time, it's, it's amazing. I think it's 4.8 for Creativity. sure. That's got to be a, a 10 out of 5. Maybe it's because it's from the old country. It feels more authentic and, and um, uh, sincere as a creative as opposed to Old Spice, which is also creative in a different way. Yeah, yeah. I think this, this sort of creativity is hard. I think if that ad read today, it would still elicit an amazing response. But to me, the production values and the casting have held up. There's nothing in it that ages it particularly oh, the grades, badly. It's 20 years old. The grades and, and the kind of the styling of it does a little bit. So what, what, what does that total up? 19.2. Ooh. So that ad ran throughout Europe. Mm-hmm. It did not run in Asia. Oh, it, God, no. And it did not run in America. Uh, that, yeah, I said at that time. It sounds like it's yeah, hundreds of years ago. No, that's a very different market, isn't it? By the time they'd finished running that ad, the Pixie ad, which ran after that, which was directed by Frank Bodgen, with the strange-looking Scottish girl. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Strange yeah, yeah. It's no longer about what they can achieve out there in your behalf, but what we can experience... Up here, in our own time, it's called mental wealth. By the time they'd run this ad and the Pixie ad, PlayStation had pretty much wrapped wrapped up the console category. They'd sold. They've now sold 155 million units. I think the PlayStation Three, in its first quarter, sold more consoles than the PlayStation One and Two together for the whole duration. Mm-hmm. And made certainly a lot of money. And, and I Sony's suppose, bet everything. They bet the farm on PlayStation. And now. I suppose the proof of the pudding is that PlayStation 5 has been launched in time mm. for this Christmas and you can't get one for love. No, of course me. not. That's, that's great. Who, who, yeah, who wants a product you can't? Everybody. And the Xbox. Um, I, read, I read a story in The Guardian last week saying that people who've ordered their PlayStation 5 from Amazon, they're turning up and people have been opening the packages on the way and replacing the PlayStation with packets of rice, anything because they we'll have taken down the pub and sell it. My dad will have yeah. one. It's, um, uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me, uh, but they're, they're ugly. The, the new PlayStation is ugly. Everything like, yeah, shot is, is from you know a different saying about, you know, people who we used to work with. Do you remember? Yeah. Okay, so he's all over Facebook whining that he can't get his... PlayStation 5 in time for Christmas. It's like the guy is 
55 years old. Yeah, but it's, a, but it's the most the, important the media thing. Stations, so, yeah, on the PlayStation, I, I don't use any, but you've got also even Skype on there. You've got Netflix. It's, it's basically like a smart TV yeah, on top of the game. You just want to play Call of Duty on it. Well, I mean, whatever. Yeah, but that's the online society now. So rather than going down the pub, like you, you catch up with everyone online. You see how your friends are online. You play with them online. You know, you I, did, I did read a lovely story which said that in 1999, the UK was either in a recession or heading for a recession. And that the target audience, I guess, primarily guys aged between, I mean, it's really, it's kind of 15 to 30. So apparently it became a thing where there wasn't as much disposable income. So like stop going to nightclubs. So they go mm. to the pub, get absolutely hammered, and then typically you would go to a nightclub. But what they did instead was go home and play PlayStation. Yeah. Became a thing. And nightclubs picked up on this. And, and started, yeah. Started. I, started putting I, the lounges I, on the way. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't remember anything of that because I was never a nightclubber or well, a If you can imagine sitting on a controller which is covered in sticky beer and shit yeah. and they wouldn't want to touch. And yeah, and yeah. one of them never worked. And that's right, they did, didn't they? Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a, I think maybe um, Sony started putting the installations in. But yeah, I, I know they um, they betted the whole they bet the whole company on it. It could have if it failed, it would have mm. been a big um, failure for Sony all over. Thanks very much, Tones. I think we need to find an ad that's maybe a classic, but for the wrong reasons. Because we're on a roll here with the the ads that we've reviewed of all. But you getting your ear out? Oh, <sighs> you failed to press one button. <laughs> Yes, I go on. She. Thanks very much, Tones. Thanks, Stephen. Another enjoyable little journey down memory lane. It's a Sony. There is some random PlayStation advertising. There you there's, a, there's a press camp. I saw a press ad which was a naked, um, a naked man, completely naked, lying stretched out in an armchair, and his penis had been removed and replaced with a thumb. So it's, it's, it was like that's what you use for your enjoyment. Yeah. That's all from us this week on Classic Ads from Simpler Times. If you'd like to have a look at any of the ads that we review here on the pod, check out our YouTube channel. There's a link in the pod notes. And of course, if we're invited, we'll continue to show up in the feed of your favourite podcast app. Because what the world really needs now, more than ever, is two middle-aged blokes talking about old telly ads and laughing at their own jokes. Subscribe if you fancy it, but more importantly, stay safe. And we'll catch you soon. Ta-ra for now. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.